0: Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now, your host, Mark Stoner. Hello and welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stoner. And we are back for another week of the success kit and I uh this week's topic <laughs> is so funny. This week's topic is failure. And this week has had some pretty good failure in it in my in my circles and in my world. And I want to talk about that. You know, I want to talk about how there's good and bad failures, clearly, and I've had all types of failure. I, you know, one of my favorite books, and I've mentioned it on this show before, is John Maxwell's Failing Forward. I really like that book, and I, uh, it helped me understand that failure is part of the recipe to succeed. You must go through it. You must understand that it is not the opposite of success. In most cases, it is part of success. Now, if you have a flat out failure, complete disaster and the thing blows up. Now, that's I would say, yeah, you can learn from that, but you don't learn as much from it as you would a failure where you kind of get down, skin your knees, get, you know, get beat up and then get back up and keep running. And you're stronger and better for it. And you go, hey, don't step on that landmine or, hey, make sure you jump a little harder right there or whatever it is in business. And I've had I've had, you know, a couple of big failures and I've had I have failures every day in some way in business. So I want to talk about that I want to talk about you know how that affects me in a good way sometimes it affects me in a negative way I'm hopefully always learning and I'm always trying to um, figure out what what's the next step from here so let's talk about it so this week in particular let's just say today I Am wrapping up a kind of a large project, and it's the first of its type for us to do um, this huge outdoor kitchen, uh, outdoor seating area, poured concrete, um, moved the irrigation. We had to, we did a beautiful, beautiful uh, seating area and fire pit and laid stone, just great. But it's all in the details that we missed. Uh, and the estimator is one of the really the first jobs like this we've done. We've in in its scope and we missed a handful of things. We missed, um, you know, communicating exactly how certain things are going to be done, how the grade of certain things are going to happen, what was going to happen with the irrigation system, what was going to happen with the ground afterwards. Are we responsible for it? Are they responsible for it? naturally the customer thinks I'm responsible for absolutely everything, which if I were in his shoes, I probably would think the same thing. In our mind, he was redoing his backyard and we hadn't put in grading of it. Of course, you're going to have to move the irrigation because we're putting concrete down. So we assumed he realized that irrigation was going to be taken care of. But in a situation like this, it's really all on us. And, And I'm, I'm like, okay, we failed on this. We thought it was going to take us 10 days. It took us 27 days. (laughs) That was the biggest failure by far. We got our lunch eaten on that one. So anyway, today it was a bit of a failure. Now, you know, we run 30 trucks a day and we had one truck. You know, this truck had been running for a while in this area and we learned a lot. We learned a lot what not to do. We just bumped our, we skinned our knees, lost some few thousands of dollars, but we learned a lot about what to do next time. So, you know, at the same time, many of you know, I was I serve on a, on a non-for-profit and the non-for-profit decided to uh, change one of the rules on how Uh, the education is, the, the continuing education credits are applied. And without getting into the weeds, basically they rolled out a rule that a lot of people didn't like. And there was a you know, backlash on it on social media, which is always the funnest place to fight things out. And it was really a lot of people who are very passionate about the industry and about the certification uh, were upset, which you have to take it with a grain of salt because there's two types of people fighting. There's one, there's one type of person that's fighting it for the good of the industry or, you know, they just don't want the, you know, the, the certain program or the, the, Policy to change because they're a true fan of it, and it could affect them then there's other people that list that are fighting because they're either haters or they uh have some ulterior motive to not like it because they would benefit from it in other ways if if it weren't changed and without being too you know get too in the weeds um you know overall it's rolled out as a failure now. Sometimes you have to roll with what is a perceived failure because of the good overall good over long term, like in business. I've had to roll out policy changes that people didn't like and they hated it. And I've had people quit. I've had people be mad. I've had, you know, what I call a storm roll in and take people with it because I changed something in the business. And that's just how business is. You, you're never going, if you're going to change things, you're never going to have everybody say it's good. And, you know, I think they put out like on this particular thing, put a, a poll out to see who likes it. And, you know, the majority of people don't like it. Well, what if I did the same thing and put out a price increase? And I said, hey, does everybody like the price increase? Nobody would say yes. Like, You can't roll out a hard change and and expect everybody to say yes. And um, same with my thing. If I have to say, hey, guys, we're going to run aground on this policy we've got. We're paying too much on this certain product. And I've had to pull, we pay on commission and I've had to pull commission structures down and pay less on certain things because literally it was hurting the business. Well, I've had people quit. I've had people be mad and I can't help it. I have to change some things or the business will suffer and uh, obviously we have to have the business suffer but the way you roll out policy is very important and the way you roll out things will help you not fail so much and when you do fail hopefully you can recover from it and learn from it and then get better but failure if you're never really failing you probably really aren't really winning either like You've got to push the things to failure to really know how far you can go. And, you know, conversely, um, if you're not failing, you probably aren't learning much more than you already know. So I hope that, you know, is clear that failure teaches you a lot. And I'll just go back to this policy that we just rolled out that in, in a sense failed on public opinion. But we learned a lot about what we need to be doing and what matters to people, so yes, in a sense, it's a failure on public opinion, but it's actually a huge win on what we're learning about people knowing who we are, transparency um you know the goodwill of what's trying to happen, whether everybody agrees on it or not it's It really is part of you know part of the process of trying to get better. So, you know, I know there's really split uh, thought process on failure. Some people say failing is absolutely a big part of it. And and they literally cheer. They cheer the team when they fail. I've seen these companies go overboard on failure. Like it's the greatest thing. Oh, huge failure. Congratulations. We learned a lot. I don't really believe in that either. There's teams that literally celebrate failure, um, I could see if it's a failure of us really trying to go for it and all things were lining up, but it failed. I could see how that's actually a good thing because we were really trying to go for something. But if it's a failure of incompetence, oversight, um, you know, just uh, really <laughs> being terrible. I don't know how much you learn from it. It's kind of like you don't learn a lot from hitting a home run either. When you just, you just swing once and it goes a mile. I don't know how much you learn from super success or super failure. You kind of learn in the trenches of a little bit better. And sometimes you get a lot better fast and sometimes you get a little worse. and Sometimes you go really far down for a minute. And then just the battle of of getting through. I um, you know, I was reading a book. It was talking about how we think about failure because in school we're taught it's bad, right? You either get an A or you can get an F, and an F, an F is like you are a failure, and an F is terrible. And I guess in schoolwork, it can be the case. F could be you didn't try hard enough. F can be, um, you know, you, you, you don't care. Um, it's, it's probably rare that you tried super hard and got an F. And so it just depends on how you do it. But if you see somebody really trying yet failing, that's somebody I can respect. I can absolutely respect somebody that's truly trying takes all the you know criticism themselves and like for for instance this failure to you know this week where with this uh with this big outdoor kitchen that we made you know I, the guy you know was stating his case and I said you know thank you for being reasonable you are being very reasonable i want to state my case as obviously we took it on the chin when we bid it for 10 days and took you know 28 days but we were out there every day working it's not like we slow walked it or anybody wasn't working it was just a tough project it was hard to get to where we were doing it was a it was a failure and i said you know i'm i'm taking over the project now i want to uh I want you to understand where we are. Try to take, you know, take it on the chin less. Please help me work with this and button it up. And I was, you know, complimentary of the guy and say, hey, if you want me to absolutely eat all this, if you think that's the right call, I'll do it. If you think um, there's some leeway in here, you know, and it's fair to you, I would appreciate it because he actually changed the job scope on us. And my guys doing the work didn't realize it. He sh- we should have charged him quite a bit more because it took us probably another almost a week to do the change. But my guys were just trying to do the right thing by the customer. The customer said, hey, can you do this and this? And they're like, sure. Well, that that change order caused a big delay, too, and we should have charged probably $7,000 more for what he asked for. But we, my guys just did it. And here we are. I asked the guy about it. And I said, hey. He asked my guys about a a change order. He goes, oh, I didn't ask him about that. They just said it would be better, and so they did it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I couldn't win there. But anyway, little failure. The next part I really want to talk about are kind of big failures that I've had and what I learned from them. The biggest failure I had was, you know, I talked about it before, but it's in in 2008 when I crashed the business. And I, I had 17 employees. I was about a million dollars in business, and I, I everything failed, and that was the hardest failure failure ever. Now it wasn't bankruptcy because I didn't owe anybody any money, and you know when I had to let everybody go, I still had all my equipment, my trucks, and everything like that, but. I ran out of money. I couldn't pay payroll. I hadn't paid my 941 taxes for a while. I, um, I owed my rent for several months. I owed everyone. I hadn't paid myself in six months, but I kept paying the people. And this is where my optimism kind of bit me because I kept thinking I could. it could get better. It could get better. I know it's going to get better. And then everybody knows what happened in 2008 with everything crashing. And it just wasn't getting better. People did not want my services. I didn't have it set up right to even if we had a lot of work to actually make money, we were losing money with every job because I didn't know job costing. I didn't know percentages. I didn't have it set up right. I had a lot of bad, a lot of people that weren't being led right, had a lot of bad habits inside the company and boom, it crashed. Now that one, because I just got skinned up hard and I got a, a really hard beat down, that was the best failure of my career, and I talk about it to this day because it was life-changing failure, yet I kept going and I learned from it because, you know, I I knew I could do it. There was this... Feeling that I know that I can get through it and do it, and this failure is only temporary, and if I just get the right people around me, learn the right things, read the right books, ask the right questions, I can do this for sure. I, I know I can do it. Because it's bad today doesn't mean it will stay bad if I will start doing the right things. And some of the things, you know, there's a difference between ignorance and stupidity, Right? Ignorance is when you didn't know about something and then it hits you over the head. And stupidity is when you knew about something, you did nothing about it, and it hits you over the head. And so, you know, our deal is always, you know, it's okay to be ignorant. is not okay to be stupid. In the case of the biggest failure, a lot of it was stupidity because... I knew some of my people were not doing the right thing, but I needed to keep working. I knew I didn't know my numbers, and I didn't know profitability, and I didn't know job costing. And I knew I wasn't a good leader, but I kept going. And that was stupid. That was stupid to not sit back. I was in the urgent firefighting mode all the time. I never worked in the important quadrant. I always worked in the in urgent quadrant, which is urgent, important is where a lot of business people find themselves working. If you've ever seen that quadrant, uh, you know, there's urgent... Uh, important. There's non-urgent important. There's, um, I can't, I can't think. Of it. I'm trying to think of it on the spot, but you get the you get the drift. There's different things. The one thing that a lot of people don't do is non-urgent important. They forget to do the non-urgent important stuff at least once a week but that's where all the growth is and that's where the, the you know if you you it'll keep you out of the urgent important quadrant cuz that's where hectic happens that's where firefighting happens and if you can keep in the non urgent important area it'll take care of a lot of the urgent important and so clearly you don't want to be do, doing non urgent non important things but i I try to keep myself a lot in the important non urgent area now every morning I will go in and we assess we assess what 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 went wrong yesterday what went right, and then we go through that but but again i I was stupid I was basically stupid I knew problems and I didn't fix them I didn't take the time to fix them I just kept digging and and firefighting. I've had multiple failures in multiple businesses. Um, I had a pressure wash company and we ran a few trucks, pressure washing. That was just a failure of really not understanding how to make money in it. I just didn't have my pricing right and everything. And it was kind of a seasonal business and there's a lot of equipment costs and it was kind of a nasty job, you know, pressure washing stuff all the time. You're always wet, greasy, dirty. And it's just, it wasn't a business I liked. Um, and I, I had a small vending business at one point. I had bubble gum machines, and that I didn't like that. That wasn't good, um, you know. In the chocolate business, I started with one type of chocolate business where someone made the chocolate, and we we sold it. And we had malls, venues, we had um, you know um, mall locations and street fairs and different things like that. And, and that that didn't work out. And you know, at any point, I don't know if anything else I'm doing currently might fail. You know. You never know. It could. Now, you learn a lot, so there's a lot less likelihood of failure. But of all the things that could fail, it'd be the chocolate business because it's very, it's, it's tough. It's the toughest business ever. It, it's, I shouldn't say ever. I think chimney business is actually the toughest business, but chocolate is competitive and, and it's very expensive product and very expensive process and very labor intensive the way we do it. So that's always a challenge. The scalability of something like that. Is tough, but man, I, I'll go through it any day of the week to get to work with my daughter and to get to experience a whole different business. Man, that's just so exciting! I while I was doing this podcast just a few minutes ago, I got a uh, a call from my daughter. I Had to turn the phone off, turn the recording off, and she just got her front tooth broke, busted out. <laughs> she was in a. You know, she does boxing and she does this, you know, boxing fitness thing. And actually, I think she was putting her putting her glove on and she busted her own front tooth out. I felt so sorry for her. And that was after a tough day for her because she had a business meeting today with a guy really kind of a wealthy person who's wanting us to do these really cool custom chocolates. But he's very demanding. He's from Los Angeles and he's super nice at first. But then when you talk to him, he's really harsh and she went to a business luncheon with him today with about six other people and she said that he just roasted her like the whole lunch just the whole time he said she felt like it was just an attack on her and everything she was trying to do. And, and I mean, this is chocolate. I mean, come on. And I was getting mad. I was getting pissed that this guy was doing this. Well, after I found out later, I'm like, I wish I was there. I got, I, I was so mad and she was bro- broke down crying. She goes, I didn't cry there. I sure was drinking a lot of water while he was roasting me. And I was so embarrassed. I just wanted to crawl under the, because he was talking about timelines and we do it this way and we do it this way and blah, blah, blah. I wish I was there. I would have, I would, he wouldn't have done it most likely if I was there, but if he was, I would have, I would have nipped that crap right away and probably embarrassed him if he tried anything like that with me. Um, I'm, I'm, I will not put up with somebody being a bully, especially with your kid, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, you punch somebody in the mouth you make my daughter cry. Okay. <laughs> now it's on, but it didn't happen. But I did tell her today, I said, no more meetings. You're not going to have meet with that guy or any of his team. Cause we've, they flew us out to, to a place. They flew her out to a place to have a meeting and they were super rude to her there too. And, um, and they were just very harsh. Now we we are in Tennessee. We're a lot more southern hospitality. These people are in Los Angeles, and it's it's you know it's not so much about hospitality. It's more about getting stuff done super fast and how does it look? And we're not really used to that. Um, and so I think she's learning some. My thing, she says, I think if I can gut it out with this guy, I can learn a lot. Because he is very successful and he does have a lot of ties. And she said, If I I think if I can break through and make this guy happy, uh, we will it will really be good for the company. And I said, Well, okay, we can try that. But if if round two, after we are successful with this first delivery, if it stays like this, I don't I don't want to be in business with a guy like that. I don't mind us being having to ramp up to his speed, but once we match the speed, if if it's just a beatdown, if it's just gonna be a you know, a pile on every time we try to do something. I'm not interested in that. Man, go find somebody else. We, we have got plenty of other projects to do for people. Um, you know, we're going to do a fun thing coming up at a hotel, uh, for, for, um, Halloween. We're going to be setting up our chocolates in this really cool hotel in Nashville. And I'm going to be Willy Wonka and she's going to be Charlie. And we're going to, our other people around are going to be the rest of the Willy Wonka, uh, cast i i'm really excited about that. this should be super fun but back to failures and I just got a couple more minutes um, are you failing are you everybody in business in life has had failures I get it um, are they failures because you were pushing too hard and it failed or were did you get failures because you didn't do something and it crept up on you and failed? One of the biggest failures you get is failing to plan on money. And failing to plan on savings, and failing to plan for something going wrong, and um, you know, I'm talking to my employees right now about setting up a time to uh, really go over finances, go over planning for the future, planning for retirement, and making sure that's not a failure. I've had employees that have been older come work for me; they never did plan for any future, you know, savings and and that kind of thing, and man, the longer you wait, the worse it is. And, and, and you feel worse. And that's another case of stupidity. You know, you need to be saving money. You know, you need to be putting money away and you need to be, have emergency fund and you need to have certain levels of cash yet. You don't have it, so that's and and when something creeps up on you and bunks you on the head, uh, that's your fault. You knew you were supposed to be doing this during the good times. Now we've had COVID, failure on all levels, on every single thing, governmental, personal, uh, worldwide failure of something that we just didn't know what we were in the middle of, and you know until we're in the fight and. A lot of people have died from it. So you're seeing failure on a massive scale. You're seeing failure in, you know, in breakdowns in government in certain cities, breakdowns of certain systems. And that is, I hope that's a learning type failure. Sometimes it's not. And that's what I'm worried about, about the failure we're looking around and seeing that I hope something, some good things come from it. That's what I'm really hopeful of. But the only thing I can control in this life, really control is me and what I do every day. And that's all you can control too, that you just have to control you. You got, you have to go out every day to try to do good. You've got to go out every day and try to do good by people, by the public, by your family, by anybody you run into make it a good thing that they ran into you make it memorable that they ran into you that you were unbelievably good because you don't know what people are going through you don't know the failures that they are seeing every day or what they just went through and and again if you if you're great if you're if you're grateful for this life and if you're grateful for where you are in, in, right now um be good make sure that make sure that that your light shines on people and that may sound a little pollyanna and out there but really it's not it's what you'll be remembered for and when the chips are down and when things when hard things are happening people do remember the good that you do you know again this week has been some failure on the the uh, nonprofit but the most of the people know me for a very long time and they know where my heart is and they know where I've been working and what I've been trying to do. And even though some of these people are mad at me, they do know that I, I do, I am trying the very best. I know how to make things better. And they know my heart is good. They may not agree with, you know, again, this isn't, these aren't my decisions, but I'm part of a team that has to make decisions and, But, you know, I think years of, of doing the right thing gives me some, some, you know, just some leeway, you know, you can't keep making bad decisions and you can't keep making people mad and and be okay. But I kind of take of it, think of it like this. And, and I think all my relationships, I think of like this, it's like a bank account, right? And when you do good to me or when I do good for you, that's like a deposit in the bank. And hopefully I'm making a lot of deposits in your bank account and you're making deposits in my bank account and we've got a good relationship. And then sometimes if something messes up, it's a, it's a withdrawal. If you mess up, mess up with me, uh, you withdraw. And as long as you've been putting money in and we have a withdrawal, as long as it's not too big, then we still have a good relationship. If you, If you make a lot of withdrawals, then you don't have any money in the bank and now you're bankrupt or you make a huge withdrawal and sometimes you just can't overcome it. But in general, life is a lot of little things, positives and negatives and positives are the deposits. So make sure you're making deposits in people's lives all the time. So if you do have to make a withdrawal, it doesn't bankrupt the relationship. All right, guys, that's my time. I certainly appreciate this week. I appreciate you. I appreciate the nice emails. We we have passed 20,000 uh, listens now. I think we're at 21,000 listens. Uh, super amazing. I love when people say, hey, listen to the podcast, and I got this out of it. I got that of it, out of it. So I appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at markstoner.com.